What's up there, Mike? Your boy, Frankie boy, Frankie boy. How you doing today? Better than I was yesterday. Same here, same here. Have you uh, recovered somewhat or uh, you're still fighting to get out of bed? Um, uh, no, nah, I got out of bed. I mean, come on, guy. Um, this is <laughs> this is in 2004 when we lost a 3-0 lead to the Red Sox. Yeah, that was a pretty painful time. But uh, you know, I mean, it was tough. It, it was it was tough. Uh, so welcome everybody to this edition of This Guy and That Guy podcast. I'm your host Frank Negron. You can find me on Twitter at CoolGuy924 and on Instagram at uh, F Negron twenty. And Mike, where can they find you? Uh, Mike Rudolph, I'm over on Instagram at the Tuna Seven Two Five. Also on Twitter, uh, the Tuna Seven Two Five. So let's let's go into uh, your immediate uh, take, your immediate feelings on Game Six. Well, uh, Game Six, we went from the ultimate high to the ultimate low. What in about ten minutes? In about a ten minute swing, but. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the one to say I saw it coming. I saw it coming because we got the Araldish Chapman who was trying to play corners and trying to play. Uh, let me be. Let me finesse my pitches. And you had pointed that out many times over the the season, especially late late in the season. Yep. You you had said just drill the fastball in. Stop. Trying to be cute, stop Cut trying out. to locate your pitches, just throw it in. Exactly. And he did that with the first two two batters, got through it quick, and then so the third batter lost the strike zone, and then I don't know what he did here. I mean, he was like I said, he was finessing. Um, you know, there's two or oldest Chapmans we get. We get an oldest Chapman who pops in hundred mile an hour fastballs and then kills him with the slider, or we get an oldest Chapman who I don't know if you Yankee fans or fans in general noticed this. But he peppered the he peppered uh, Springer with nothing but sliders. I think he threw about five straight sliders to him. So if I'm Altuve sitting in the on deck circle, I'm I'm gearing up for that. I'm gearing up for okay. He's gonna throw five straight sliders. I'm gonna sit slider. And that's exactly what he did. What was that? The first pitch slider. It was that no. It was a two one count. Uh. I, I was entertaining a group of about 25 people, so I was try, you know, trying to check in as often as I could. Uh, that was the first pitch that I saw to Altuve in that at-bat. Uh, um, he threw a pitch. He, he threw a slider to start off the at-bat. Um, then he threw a fastball that it just it went – it was like Rick and Keel. I mean, it went flying over uh, Sanchez's to, – to, to the left side of the box. So, I mean, he had no control over the fastball. You could tell. You could tell that he wasn't trusting his fastball. Right. Like I said, in the previous at-bat, he had walked uh, He had walked the previous batter on, what, four straight pitches. And when he does that, you know that that's, that there's something wrong. And I don't know how he went from being dominant the first two hitters to just losing the strike zone all of a sudden. Uh, all he needed to do was throw a fastball. If he gets beat, he gets beat. I'd rather him get beat with his best pitch than the junk that he threw there. Yep. Especially with uh, Marisnik on deck that, you know, just came into the game and, Hitting you know, you have the lefty-on-lefty matchup, and that would have favored the Yankees a lot more than 
obviously what we saw. Well, if we watch the series, the, the lefty, you know, the lefty pitchers threw the Astros off um, in this series, um, you know, with just sweeping it across the across the plate. I mean, you had guys chasing a lot. Um, but Britain looked outstanding in this series. Oh, I'm sorry, who? Britain. Britain. Zach Britain. Mm-hmm. And then Paxton in game five with the – he earned his stripes with that. Um, He's too good of a pitcher to, to throw up another stinker. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. But, you know, here we are hanging, hanging our heads. You know, it's going to be a rough couple of days for us uh, true diehards. Um, and we're going to have to look forward to 2020. The first uh, decade – that the Yankees have not made the World Series. That is something. I mean, I can't believe at all the decades not to make it, we're alive for for this decade. I've and that, that comes off the heels of the dynasty. I, I've said that a little in the nineties. I've said that a little too much in my lifetime. Where, you know, it's like, oh well this never happened, but I'm alive for it to happen. <laughs> I mean you go back to and I want to get into I think we could take it as, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, oh, this hurts, this hurts. It it does hurt, but it I don't I don't put it up there in my top no, three. I, I don't either. I mean, the, you get a lot of Yankee fans now who are coming along who are basically in diapers at, 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 at that point in time in their life. And they really didn't live through the 2001 or the 2004 playoff run. I mean, anybody that, that that went through 01 and 04 knows that those those are on the top of the list. And those stung. Big time. Uh, 2001, I, I I put that as number one. I still remember the feeling that I had going into the bottom of the ninth inning, uh, just feeling that something was was going to happen um, that went against us, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I remember being in Lehman. Uh, in senior year, walking around with a baseball for about three or four days that week, just in just shock. Yeah, I, I'm gonna flip flop it, man. Uh, my ultimate stinger was uh, 2004. Um, you know, just blowing a three games to none lead against of all teams, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, that I was, I was at the, I was at Game Seven of that series, and uh, I was one of the last people told that they had to leave the stadium. <laughs> I didn't want to get there. <laughs> And I was working across the street from the stadium at stands. Right. And a similar similar story where it took me a long time to, to leave work with a couple coworkers. Just we walked around the stadium, walked around the, the, the area and just we just couldn't believe what we saw. Like we weren't prepared to go home. Two thousand and one is probably my number two on the on my list, uh, you know, due to the fact that it was all um you know, New York needed an uplifting after the occurrences of uh, 9-11. And the Yankees provided that distraction. And that's what sports does, man. Sports provides those distractions. Uh, and, you know, for people who's, who give you the whole, well, why are you so down? Why are you? This is what sports does, man. And this is why I love the game. Right. A lot of people don't understand the emotional investment that we all have into sports and why we are diehards why we invest so much time and, and money and, and effort into these teams. And it's, you know, you have a personal story um, relating to this season. And, you know, it's a distraction for a lot of people. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just part of everyday life. I mean, I come home sometimes and the game 
is on in the background. I'm doing whatever I got to do, or if I'm at work, it's on in the background. It's part of life. Yep. They are the soundtrack of life. I mean, they're from first pitch of spring training in what, late February, early March to right around Halloween. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of your life. Yes, absolutely. And going forward, I will watch the World Series because I love baseball. As will I. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, before we move on, the last couple World Series have been really good. And this one is not going to be, this none is going to be must see, I, I believe. It's going to be, it's great, great pitching, great pitching matchups. I mean, I believe in the last five years, we've had some, some things happen in the World Series that we've never seen happen before. Mm. Uh, going back to your point a couple of minutes ago that, you know, we've been alive to see a lot of things happen for the first time. Like, what was it last year? We had the, the was the eighteen inning game with the Dodgers and Red Sox that went into about three thirty in the morning. That was, I love that. I wish it could have went longer than that, but, but things like that is just why we love baseball. And you know, it sucks that the Yankees are in it, but it's as a baseball fan, I'm here to I'm here for it. I want to see a good series. And truth be told, I hope the Nationals pull this out. It would be a nice story. I would. I, I also believe. Um, in the Nationals at this point, I believe they're the hottest team um, in in the postseason at this point. While the Astros, um, you know, did dispose of the Yankees um, and ride their, you know, their Game Five win over the Rays, I do believe that the Nationals are poised to take this series in seven. Uh, well, I've been wrong with my predictions this, this postseason, so I guess. <laughs> I'll go with your prediction there. Uh, Nats in seven. Nats in seven. So I just think the Nationals are just, they're, like you said, they're hot. They're rested. Uh, hopefully that doesn't factor into the way they play like it did with the Yankees because I believe the little layoff between uh, game three of the ALDS and game one of the ALCS uh, kind of uh, hurt some of the players on the team. And we're going to go into that with a certain uh, guy that likes to – to walk, uh, run around the bases with a parrot <laughs> on his arm. So that's where that's where we'll end our World Series predictions. We won't really speak on the World Series predictions. Let's kind of get into a season recap, I guess. And I think that Aaron Judge uh, post game uh, said it. It was while it was heartbreaking to watch them in the um, in the clubhouse after Aaron, they asked, you know, are you happy with this season? And I loved Judge's response, and he said, no, this season was a failure. And you can't look at it as anything else than that because this, even going back to 2017, the the plan was that 17 was the learning curve, 18 was supposed to be the year that you know they took a huge step forward, and 2019 was was cl- claimed to be a championship year right. in the process. Mm-hmm. So going forward, um, there's going to be a lot of changes and. Um, Looking at these changes and I'm reading, you know, I spent a whole day, you know, kind of just lurking around social media, reading on, you know, what certain people think. And you get the crazy outtakes of, oh, yeah, we got to fire Aaron Boone and we got to get a new real GM and we got to, you know, trade this guy and trade that guy. I think the funniest article I read as far as fixing the 2020 Yankees was uh, I believe it was Joel Sherman from the New York Post who wrote an article about the Yankees. While I do want them to throw a blank check at Garrett Cole, um, 
trading for Francisco Lindor. I, I that that article was probably the funniest thing I've read. I, I saw that, and I don't I don't like that either. I don't think Lindor is the the answer to the problems here. You need you need a, that ace. Yep. We all agree that Garrett Cole is the guy to get. Throw a blank check for many reasons. One, we need we need an ace at the top of the rotation. Two, you take him away from Houston. That's huge that's right there. That's the that's the difference in the in the two teams right there. Mm-hmm. And and for 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 those Yankee fans listening who say that ah, Garrett Cole ain't shit, you know, and we have an ace, we have this, we have that, we don't. We have a bunch of number two guys. We have a bunch of number three guys. We have guys that are mid-rotation. Um, while Paxton showed a ton of balls in game five, he's still a two or three. Severino can't get over the first inning jitters. He's a three. Tanaka, yeah, great. Postseason, he's a two or three as well. He's not a guy who's going to go out there and fire you eight innings of ten strikeout, two-hit ball. None of them are. I mean, Severino does have that ability, but we've given him enough of a leash to know that it's just it's not going to be it's not going to be him as the ace. So going back to the whole Lindor thing, I mean, and you you read about these things, you really think that Cleveland would trade Francisco Lindor for anything other than Gleyber Torres? Right, and I don't understand why people think that that's that's the first solution. I mean. It really was like if you look at the the Yankees lineup, it, it's the it's the timely hitting. You don't need another superstar. You need DJ LeMahieu. You need a, like eight or nine of 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 him in the lineup. You need guys you need like that. Guys, put, yeah. put contact. Like, get contact. Don't, put the on the ball. And... Don't swing for the fences all the time. Like that's all we saw in in game three, game four. Game five, like swinging for the fences. So, also, um, you know, you're going to see guys exiting. In my opinion, I don't believe that um, Jack Curry has already said that the Yankees will not be picking up the option of Edwin Encarnacion. I know he's a fan. He's a favorite of yours. He definitely is not a favorite of mine. <laughs> and I, I told you when we made the trade, we didn't need him. I told you he strikes out a lot. I wasn't crazy about it. And I still... And when we made our, our uh, postseason roster uh, preview, I actually had him off the roster, and I had Voight starting over him. Now, at the time that, that you know, the rosters were made, it seemed like the good move, the right move. EE was hot uh, during the ALDS, but in the ALCS, completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to that guy. That guy was swinging through fastballs. He was lunging at low and away sliders. He just was completely, completely lost at the plate. I think it was a matter of him trying to crush everything. And that's basically what it was. He had that one double and that was it. He was pressing. He was trying to mash everything 800 feet and he was coming up empty. Um, Another big spot that, um, you know, another big time player, in my opinion, that uh, we're probably going to lose in the offseason is uh, Didi Gregorius. Uh, I do not think that the Yankees will... Uh, entertain him as far as contractually is concerned. Um, They may offer him a qualifying offer just to get a draft pick. If he does sign elsewhere, Um, he could accept that that would run 17, about $17 million. Um, But I don't believe they make any push to keep him. I I think, 
I think I might have to disagree with you there. I think you you would have to bring him back. I mean, obviously the the negotiations have to begin and see where um where you start at. Right. But I would absolutely try to bring him back at all costs. You need the lefty bat in the lineup. You need his defense. You need his his presence in the clubhouse, especially with somebody like Cece um, retiring. And we don't know what's going to happen with Gardner. I think Didi. Social media says, hey, move Klaber to shortstop. And, uh, but DJ at second and all that stuff. And my cap. Look what happened this season. Mm. Somebody goes down. You could plug somebody in right away. Like you don't have to worry. And I right. think that that was a, that was a big strength of ours this season. If we didn't have that that depth, we'd be we'd be we wouldn't be in this position right now. And that, that's credit to to Brian Cashman, who is somebody a lot of people are getting on, as well as saying that he's one of the worst general managers of all time because we have one. Um, I don't think people realize how hard it is to win the these days like it's not what it used to be back in the 90s back in the early 2000s it's not the same game it's a completely mm. different game well you can't knock brian cashman brian cashman pushed all the right buttons in the last few years um while he didn't go out this year and grab the ace we so needed um i do believe that ownership at this point um is, is i don't know plays out um but i think cashman did a, a great job and i know you've been critical of him I throughout have. the year and the last offseason i told you everything was fine everything was mm-hmm. fine and for the most part everything was fine if we get a face it here and there during this series we're in the world series yeah we're we're maybe two or three key hits away from this being yankees in the world series on a sweep or yankees in five now, do we that? Now, when we talk about a fewer, fewer key uh, hits, do we? Where does the blame get get pushed in your in your opinion? Um, I'm do- looking at, at two guys, maybe a third. We already spoke about Encarnacion. That was the main guy. That's the number one guy I'm looking at. He was bat- he was what fourth, fifth in the lineup all series and did absolutely nothing. It seemed like. Every at bat, he had he had come up with somebody on base, and he failed to deliver. He didn't do. He didn't advance the runner. He didn't get. He didn't do anything. He struck out, and the only time he got on base was, uh, uh, nobody on base, and he got a double. The next person, Gary Sanchez, completely lost at the plate. Kind of redeemed himself uh, in Game Four with a home run. Uh, kind of a garbage time home run. Kind of told you. I kind of told you that he would run into one. <laughs> well, it would have been nice if he would have done that. That yeah. he had bat before with the bases loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, he's another one, but he seemed like he kind of found his stride a little bit. He did get a, a big RBI single in Game Six, so you know, kind of redeems himself a little bit. Um, I'm not gonna get on him for his defense. I mean, these these games are are high intensity, and with everything that he's got to endure, both offensively and then worry about the pitching, and then. Everything that goes on, being a catcher is tough as it is. Uh, I'll give him a pass on that. He was great defensively this year. Big improvement from last year. So I don't want to put too much on him. Um, but he was definitely number two on the list. 
And number three, I'm going to put Didi. He came up with the bases loaded twice and swung on the first pitch and we ground ball to, to second base both times. So you can't you can't do that. You can't. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go coaching. I'm not gonna say Aaron Boone, but I'm gonna say two names here. Marcus Timms and Larry Rothschild. I believe both of them have to be replaced at this point in time. Um I know a lot of Yankee fans have been you know, chomping at the bit for Rothschild's head. I have the perfect replacement for Larry Rothschild. CC Sabathia. I saw that as well. Yes, I saw a lot of people suggesting that. I would be, I'd be okay with that. That that'd be a phenomenal it, hire. It keeps CC's presence in the clubhouse. Yes. You know, around the younger guys. Uh, while he doesn't have any pitching coach experience, this is where he would get it. I mean, basically, he's been the grandpa of that locker room for the last three years keep his presence in the locker room and as far as Marcus Timms is concerned I never really saw him while we did lead the major leagues with average and runners in scoring position um, during the playoffs it just it turned back into the all or nothing approach right the point to that you finished making your point I, I want to reference something to that nature and, Go ahead. and basically all of Marcus Timms' time here has been the all-or-nothing approach. We and just, that was him. At the, that was him as a hitter. We yeah, and we just happened to run into some guys who made contact with the baseball. Um, again, I, I do believe change starts with some of the coaches on the coaching staff. Aaron Boone is perfect in my in in my book. Um, I think he inspired us this year um, on multiple occasions. Um, I like the way. He's matured as a manager. Um, you know, for all you Yankee fans calling for his head because the season was a failure, you know, go sit in the corner, get out of here. Yeah. Um, I got. I so going back to to your point with uh with the way the Yankees hit this season, I saw a lot of uh, feedback that said that it was the reason that the Yankees were so good with runners in scoring position was because they were going for contact. And that contact, a lot of those a lot of the, that that those at bats came from the guys like Mike Talkman, Mike Ford, uh Clint Frazier. Guys that are not trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Guys that are that are just trying to keep their jobs. Right. And I think that there there there's some validity to that. You got like Stan. Stan in the lineup was going for home runs. We all know that. But his presence in the lineup, the Yankees were five and zero this this uh, postseason with him in the lineup. Mm-hmm. They didn't win a game without him. Right. Uh, the Tyler Wades of the world, just working at bats, trying to get on base. They get on base, you know, they create some havoc. Like you need stuff like that. You need you can't have station to station guys on the, on the base pads. Mm-hmm. Somebody like Edwin, he gets on first. You know, he's not going to steal second. You know. Ground ball, he can't beat out a double play. You know, things like that. We we need things like that on the team. We need guys that are, that are going to make things happen. And unfortunately, you know, Mike Ford was down on the depth chart of first baseman. But, um, you know, maybe next season you give him more of a, a shot long term. Uh, Talkman, I thought was a complete, complete afterthought when we got him in, in spring training. And he just he just blossomed into a great player. Uh, 
not a superstar, but a, a really solid, solid player. You know, he's going to give you a 270, uh, 15 home runs, 60 RBIs, and great defense in the outfield. That's all you can ask for, for somebody mm-hmm. like that. Well, I'm not looking for massive changes at this point. This team grabbed us 103 wins in the regular season. And um, although, you know, free agency and opting out of contracts and whatnot is going to uh, hit a couple of, you know, a couple of our players, I I do believe that a lot of the change is going to come in the rotation. And I would love to see it come into the coaching staff again. I can't disagree with you. It'd be interesting to see how they how they go and address uh what worked and what didn't work this season. You find yourself, uh, do you find yourself looking at when spring training starts? Because I know I have been. <laughs> I'm already thinking about going to, to, to Tampa for, for a couple of spring games. Um, like I said earlier, I'm just, I'm not ready for this season to end. No. I don't think any of us are. I drove down to the city for the, the viewing party, and I'm just like, man, this can't be it. And I was at the stadium for game five. I posted a video of everybody celebrating after game five at uh, stands and you just see the joy in everybody's face. Like nobody was ready for this. And like, mm-hmm. we all thought we had at least another week of baseball left. And if we did win the world series, it was going to be an amazing, amazing celebration. And I'm just, I'm upset. Got to that that, yeah. get that. I mentioned for that celebration, Frank, it's been too long. It's been way too long, man. And, uh, you know, God rest his soul, George Steinbrenner wouldn't have been dealing with this shit like this. I mean, yeah, he wouldn't have stockpiled the uh, he wouldn't have stockpiled the farm or anything. But, you know, I believe Hal and the rest of the uh, the suits in the organization need to go for it like we went in 2009. I think it's time. It's time. So I, have a, I have a question for you. So now that the season is done and we've seen uh, we've seen now two years in a row. Uh, 100 win teams not make it to the World Series. Now we've tried the analytical route. We've tried Cashman's route. We've tried Hal's route. We've tried Hank's route. I don't think we all... think we've tried Hank's route yet. <laughs> well, wasn't there? There was like a brief like season or two that that he was running things. And I thought it was, it was a two week span, and then they told him to shut up because he was too outspoken. Maybe that's what it was. I know it was very very brief. And and uh, how to go over from there, but uh, my question to you is: Do you think it's time to go back to George's way? Buying, as far as the free agents concerned, I I mean, don't go reckless. But I'm not going. Yeah. Reckless. I'm not going reckless. I'm going with what needs to be done, and the blank check needs to be offered to Garrett Cole. Agreed. You need that 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 stopper at the the beginning of the rotation, much like what we did with CC. In 2009, and look, he delivered right away. We need a guy like that. That was huge that postseason. And I'm not going with any drastic changes. Again, you know, let's get rid of this guy. Let's get rid of that guy. Let's let this guy walk. Um, Ultimately, I'm plugging holes with guys that can get us to the promised land. I think you got. I think you got to keep this team. Got to keep this team together. Uh, You got to keep right. You got to keep this core. This mm -hmm. group of guys together. You know, 2017 was a great core, and you know they had amazing chemistry, and it just got better from there. Right. And this season, we've truly seen a team that that just they're family. 
you see you see it in them that these guys like they they love each other and it's not hey like nice working with you I'll see you in in, in February these guys are family these guys hang out together outside they they really root for each other to do well yeah. um there's no jealousy in that locker room there's just nothing but love and you got to keep that together yeah so hopefully, you know, in the off season, we 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 find the piece that gets us, you know, to make that next step. Um, and I, again, I'll say this until I'm blue in the face: I do believe that Garrett Cole is that piece. Um, you made a great point earlier in the episode, stating that it not only brings him here to New York, but it also takes him away from the Astros. Um, that would be humongous. Now I want to do one better, real quick. I, you got to get Cole, but also try to get Strasburg from the Nats. If, if he ends up opting out, what do you think right. about that? Well, if they can go ahead and um, open the checkbook, just do it. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. Better, better pitching, um, you know, one through five. Um, there's going to be an odd man out. There's going to be a couple of men out uh, if you think about it. But that also gives us more trade chips to go and maybe acquire – something else that we need like a another arm in the bullpen because uh, you don't know what Patances is going to be like when you know even if he's going to resign here if we're even going to attempt to resign him we don't know if Chapman is going to opt out of his contract and walk um, where we entered a different phase of free agency um, last season and a lot of teams were timid with their checkbooks and whatnot so guys with opt-out clauses might not really opt out um, so that's that'd be interesting to see if Strasburg actually does opt out. I would think that that starting pitching is still hard to get, and I think you see, look at the World Series. I mean, they have the two best rotations, mm. and if you're a Yankee fan, you're looking at Patrick Corbin in the World Series. You're looking at somebody we could have got in in Justin Verlander in 2017. Somebody we could have got in Garrett Cole. They're all pitching in the World Series right now. And that's a reflection on Cashman being a little too timid. And I think, like you had mentioned, it, open checkbook. Now's the, like, this is the, the offseason to do it. You know, I just we got to win championship. Them. I just, with, with what we have, I don't see them going after two starting pitchers. And I, I, I think we have to. I mean, you look at the rotation now, you know, you got guys that are, you got, you got Tanaka, you got Paxton, you got Jay Happ. I mean, you're not going to stick Jay Happ. Where's Jay Happ going to go? We just to- I think Jay Happ gets a one-way ticket out of here. You think they're going to trade him? Yeah, I, I – Who have we, when we initially for, got him? For a 37-year-old starting pitcher at the tail end. Listen, somebody, somebody will take him. But okay. Jay Happ, that, if we want to kind of really – Yankee fans, Yankee fans know who's the Yankee and who's not. And when I'm when I say that – I'm talking about you look at somebody like Jay Happ throughout his career. We never looked at that guy like, yeah, that's a guy that should be on the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And then he comes on the Yankees and we're putting we're putting him into a game one start against Boston in Fenway, like we did in in 2018. You can't do do that. That guy, you know, he might have had a nice season, but he's not he's not a proven. The stats ran. Yeah, that's that's the analytics of baseball, man. You know, you got the numbers to put him in that game one start at that point. You you can't do that that kind of stuff. You get you got to get rid of him. He's he's 
nothing more than a fourth or fifth starter at best. And you see in this postseason run, he could be a, a third starter throughout the year, fourth starter, whatever he is. But you saw in this postseason, he was nothing more than a lefty specialist. Get yeah. him out of here. Okay. Get him out of here. Mm-hmm. And that's he was a lefty specialist with no Herman, no Batances. I don't a, plan a, a bullpen yeah. that had Luis Sessa as more reliable than Jay Happ. Right. Get Happ out of here. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of question marks going forward. I think we can tackle this in another episode. Um, you know, because we we could we could sit here and go back and forth about this roster the entire. Oh yeah, we can go for at least an hour on this roster. But uh, you know, back to back to the whole you know pitching staff. I mean, we got we got enough. We we got we got enough guys to we can go out and you know make a decent trade. We can go out and grab somebody um, who would be on the market. Is can I name that somebody at this point? No, I can't. But I mean, you got. You got Paxton, you got Hap, you got Herman, who I don't plan on having for about half of the season. And you got guys like Jordan Montgomery. You got, you know, Masahiro Tanaka, you got Luis Severino. It, it, the rotation, that's kind of, it's, it's, it's clouded, and I would love to upgrade. But I just don't see Cashman or the front office thinking like that. I think well, I some, think so, something's got to change. The I, philosophy like I, has to change somewhat. I think they'll grab the ace, and that's what they'll do. I think that's the number one thing this this off season. They'll do anything until you get that ace, right? Absolutely. And then and then you know go from there. Oh. All right. Well, I mean, another season um, full of heartbreak again. I mean, I think this is. I mean, this was a great season. Though. It was I, a great I season. Really... I'm not taking much. I'm not taking anything away for it. The 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 whole next man up thing was great. Um, you know, I loved guys like Gio Urshela and Cameron Mabrin. And, you know, the, the I just loved the way that this season went. I hated the way it ended. Right. Left a bad taste in my mouth. And it should leave a bad taste in the mouth of the front office as well. I, I agree. And like I said, we got to get that ace. Um Definitely nothing to be ashamed of this season. Uh, disappointed uh, is what we should all feel, and it's okay to feel that way. Um, I wouldn't be angry because this was a 103-win team. It was a fun team to watch all season. There was a lot of guys that, that you know we wanted to root for. Um, there was a lot of guys that came out of nowhere, like you mentioned. Um, beginning of the season, I hated Tyler Wade. Now I love the guy. Mm. Luis Sessa, I hated him. Now I love the guy. You and me both. Like, <laughs> like that's I'm going back to what you said earlier. That's what, that's why we love baseball because things happen through the course of six, seven months that just and that's that why pull on your emotions. And that's why I wouldn't make drastic changes to this roster. I would just upgrade. Agreed, and it just sucks that we there's no more uh, no more Yankee games. Nothing. No more trips to the stadium. No more uh, meetups. No more viewing parties. Uh, it's over. Well, you got 113 days to go till spring training, till pitchers and catchers report, Frank. And until then, I don't know. You got to find some, <laughs> you got to find something else to get into. You got to you got to jump on the Nets band, the uh, Brooklyn Nets bandwagon. Maybe I'm not sure. I think that's exactly where I'm going next <laughs> because I've I've tried with the Knicks and they they're they're, they're 
They're just not doing it for me. No, they they haven't done it for me, and I'm a I'm a diehard Nick fan. They haven't done it for me in my entire lifetime, you know. And then you got the Giants and Jets who uh, just they're they're at the uh, it, who knows who knows where they're both at. I mean, because the Jets are. You know the Jets have dealt with some injuries and whatnot, but we every to that. every week is every week is different with with those two teams. Yeah, one week the the Jets are going places and the the Giants are going to rock bottom, and then something happens in the next week, and then it's vice versa. So but we got to we got to find something for Frank to get into in the next couple of months. We don't want him going stir crazy. I can, especially uh, on Yankees Twitter the, with. The things I've seen already with uh, one day of no baseball, uh, it's going to be a long off season. So we got to figure out something. It's going to be a lot, a long off season with a lot of crazy takes. Uh, let me tell you. I mean, one day removed, I got Aaron Boone on the chopping block. I've got Giancarlo Stanton getting released out of his contract. I just, <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Let's let's be realistic here. So. Oh man! All right, guys. That was. Uh, what episode is this, Mike? This is going to be episode number five. Very nice. So that was episode five. It is Monday, October 21st. Uh, we'll be back later on this week uh, to follow up on some Yankee news. Mike, where can they find you? Once again, on Instagram, Datuna725, and Twitter, Datuna725. And you can find me on Instagram at fnegron 24 and on Twitter at CoolGuy924. Until next time, we're out. We're out. <laughs>